This is Les Strong, and you're listening to the Full and Focus podcast. Hello, the UK government may have spent last Christmas sat in their ivory tower eating cheese and wine, but have they ever done it on the train to Peterborough? And as we apparently move into plan B in Britain, we are here to look at whether Marco Silva will stick with what he knows at Luton on Saturday afternoon, or whether he will implement his own plan B, given how well Saracen players did when they came off the bench against Bournemouth last week. Dylan and Morgs are here with me for this one, so let's get on with it. My name is Matt Boisclair, and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Well, lads, the pressing matter that we must discuss before we move on is the FA Cup draw. What a mouthwatering tie away at Bristol City. Your reaction? I actually don't think it could have been less boring. It's probably the worst tie we could have picked out. We got to play them the week after as well. So, yeah, so dark. I saw that. We, yeah, we're playing them on the 8th in, in the FA Cup. Then we've got them on the 15th as well. And um, this happened before, didn't it? Back in 2016, we had them within three days of each other. We lost at home in the um, in the uh, Carabao Cup 2-1. And then they dicked us 4-0 in the league three days later. So let's hope the same doesn't happen again. Morgs? It's really annoying. I love the FA Cup. I always have. And it's still, even though it's kind of played down these days, I still enjoy the games. Uh, there was some there that have been great. I would have loved some AFC Wimbledon away. Uh, or, you know, one of the non-league teams or even one of the big teams at home. But Bristol fucking City, I mean, Jesus, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably lose 1-0 uh, and it will be boring and we're just another year where it's a, another disappointing FA Cup adventure or thereof. I always forget about Bristol City's middle name. One of those things that always passes me by, <laughs> Bristol fucking City. Well, I don't like it when people just call them Bristol. Uh, yeah, so I like to give them their yeah. full name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Oh, it's like, yeah, exactly. Sheffield, Bristol. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Um, have you boys recovered from the Bournemouth game yet, and all the excitement towards the end? Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to Saturday now. I woke up on Saturday morning, uh, and I bought a um, stuffed Fulham bunny. Apparently, for uh, <laughs> what? For Eva and. Uh, yeah, she was delighted. I was even more surprised than she was. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from the club shop? Yeah, the oh club shop God. after the game. Apparently. Club shop passes. <laughs> oh, dear. They... with me. Yeah. They're selling even more tap than I expected. It was bad enough with those little mini-me's, but Jesus, man. Yeah, I didn't buy a cushion. I scared her. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would have done. It definitely would have done. All right. Well, one thing I've noticed recently is that having claimed that we now know our strongest 11, the impact certain players make when they've come off the bench does make me wonder whether we do have a strongest 11. Um, so let's have a look at some of them and um, we're, we're going to compare some of them. So firstly, let's look at probably the biggest one, which is Tom Kearney and Jean-Michel Serry. Uh, Tom's come off the bench um, against Peterborough and then he came on against Bournemouth as well and changed both of those games. That being said, Seri came off the bench against Barnsley and immediately created a goal, albeit when we were already winning quite comfortably. Seri's potentially missing for a month at the start of next year as he goes to the African Cup of Nations with the Ivory Coast. The tournament begins on January the 9th 
and ends on February the 6th, which means that if Ivory Coast do go all the way, he'll miss five Fulham games, probably that FA Cup game against Bristol City as well. So, Morgs, who deserves to start most at the moment, Kenny or Seri? I've got to go with Seri on this, simply because I think he adds, well, not simply because, I think he adds more solidity to the side. He's obviously got the creativity as well. And uh, his fitness isn't called into question. And that is the big thing with Kearney, is that, you know, is he able to last 90 minutes? Um, I mean, he has done, but I don't think on a uh, consistent basis he's ready for that yet. And when he plays, yes, if he's on a good day, he adds, you know, a great spark to the side. But he's not, you know, he's not that sort of player that will shore you up um, near, you know, sort of the back line as it were. So I think uh, it's great that we have him to come off the bench, but I think that's his best, uh, the best tactic at the moment is to do just that, bring him off the bench in, you know, for Carvalho, it worked. I think, um, you know, when he's, I don't know if it was uh, Bobby Reed playing the number 10 or Kearney, but, you know, it's, uh, I think he just needs to be a useful option off the bench at the moment. And, but when Seri does go to, uh, a couple of nations, uh, then you had no qualms about him playing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. To be fair, um, I think I think Seri probably contributes a bit more. He's got a bit more, like in terms of his all-round game. He can go, he can go forwards quite well. That assist versus Barnsley, obviously, evidence that. And uh, defensively, he's pretty solid as well. I think when we first signed him, he was playing as a, like a primarily a defensive midfielder for Nice. Nice, um, obviously, nice. has a <laughs> yeah, nice. that's, a, that's a nice observation. Um, yeah, he obviously has a, a long-range goal in his pocket too, which we know uh, we know Kearney's got a few of them. But I think, yeah, Kearney's probably best role right now is coming off the bench because, you know, his fitness is still questionable. Um, I think he's only completed one or two sets of 90 minutes since he actually came back from injury. I know the first one was against Forrest. Um, I don't know if he's done any since then, but uh, yeah, I'd probably have to pick the two. If I had to pick between Seri or Kearney, I'd, I'd go Seri starting and Kearney off the bench. But yeah, like you said, when the AFCON comes in, um, yeah, he's more than able to fill in for Seri. I think we've got we've got Chalibur as well. There'd be another option when he comes back from injury. Anonymous. Yeah, of course. It's, it's a really interesting one with Tom Kearney because I've never really seen him as that sort of player before. And by that sort of player, I mean as an impact sub. Um, he, for me, he was one of those players who I'd always think he either starts or, you know, he's he's not involved. Um, but, you know, he's he's proved himself just recently that he can turn a game and he can get a, grab the game by the scruff of the neck and start creating chances when we when we need to buy a goal. So, yeah, that's that's I think it's an interesting debate, but I think I'd probably just about agree with you guys as well. Although Seri, when he came on against Barnsley with that with that lovely little dink through to God, I can't remember who it was who scored the Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson. I thought it was Reed. Yeah. yeah. No, Harry yeah, Wilson right. scored the fourth goal. That's it. Yeah. He, oh, I missed yeah. that one. That's right. Yeah, that's, that you did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're they're both. It's it's an interesting debate. Um, how about Anthony Robinson versus Joe Bryan? Um, they've both got their merits. Robinson's really good going forward. Um, but then as product in the final third, the end product is is very questionable sometimes. But I think yeah, he's, he's obviously got the pace, whereas Joe Bryan sort of he does he is he's quick, but obviously not as quick as Robinson. But his delivery seems to be a lot better, and obviously we know about the merits of that Brian Mitrovic partnership, which is sort of yet to be recreated with Robinson. 
Um, that is probably one of the toughest decisions for me. I know Ryan's struggled for fitness. Um, I mean, I'm assuming he's struggled for fitness recently. He's not been in a few of the match day squads. But, um, yeah, I think... Post, didn't he? I think he really damaged yeah, himself when he did that. Yeah, so. he did. He nearly um, emulated. I think it was Phil Babb for Liverpool. Oh, was Phil Babb, yeah. <laughs> the classic uh, um, castration by post. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's uh, obviously a really tight call, but I think um, I think Robinson has looked really good this season. He's probably one of the better left-backs in the league, even if some of his performances for us have been questionable. I think if we had another left-back, we might realise how good Robinson is, truly. Do you, um, remember, yeah. do you remember last time we went up, though, that you talk about that Joe Bryan versus Mitrovic, or sorry, Joe Bryan and Mitrovic partnership, which obviously was a thing. And it was one of the main outlets for goals last time, which was which was a bit of a gripe in a lot of ways because he was the only one really feeding uh, Mitrovic. But there was a lot of complaining about the fact that Joe Bryan got lost because he was always out of position. And I think it was more mm. of a tactical thing because Joe Bryan was sent forward uh, and yeah. told to attack, but he can't then, be in two places at once. Yeah, when Anthony he gets Robinson, caught. Yeah, exactly. When he gets Anthony Robinson does not got a pace to get back. Which Anthony Robinson does. Morgs, what, what do you think? Well, I think if you look at the stats, which obviously I'm not great with stats, they they confuse me a lot of the time. Um, but we saw that uh, that image today that showed that Robinson was the most. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it meant it was the most uh, effective fullback, but it certainly had him out front in terms of attacking abilities. But I think I think it really has to depend on a game by game basis. I think they both, as you say, they both have their merits and they both have their weaknesses. And I think Brian had a really good opportunity against Bournemouth last week to stamp his own, um, you know, uh, his own authority on the role, and he didn't do it. And I don't think that rules him out. I don't think it plays him out of the role, but it does mean that that role is still up for grabs. And I think Robinson needs to be used when in situations where we know that they've got slow fullbacks. And I think, you know, from an attacking point of view, that can, we can really capitalise on that. But you say Brian has the better delivery. And until Robinson is able to sort of prove that he can uh, get proper crosses in on a regular basis, then we've got to give Brian the opportunity as well. But in terms of starting, I think probably Robinson at the moment, but I prefer Brian, I think. So, yeah, I think you mentioned yeah. the stats. I think it'd be interesting to see how Brian's stats matched up against Robinson's if they played the same amount of games this season. Obviously, Robinson's played far more football, so the stats will be in his favour. I'd just be interested to see how they matched up given like an equal amount of playing time. I think um, Joe Brian's going to just be picked by a lot of people based on nostalgia rather than maybe the cold facts and maybe ability as well. But that, that's okay. You know, I'm all for a bit of that. Um, well, talking about nostalgia, let's come on to Kenny Tete or, or Dennis Adoy. I mean, Adoy seems to be there based on his performances at the moment. Whereas we talked about this on the pod the other day, I think, about Kenny Tete being probably the best right back in the division if he if he got a run of games. But And also his ability to, to deliver across to Mitrovic as well. So um, who would you pick? Yeah, Tete for me. It's. I think Adoy's. Again, we've said this before. Adoy has done well. Um, I find it uh, slightly odd that he's actually started the last two games, but I think you've got to bring Tete back. I mean, he is that good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in so. that position, um, and playing, you know, especially playing Luton Saturday, he sh- he should terrorise them down that uh, down that uh, right side. 
their left back. Uh, I don't know a lot about them, but I assume that he's better than their left back. So it's, uh, I would definitely um, certainly be starting him. Um, maybe against some of the more attack-minded teams, then we would probably sort of adore a bit more of an option because he's a bit more defensive. But I would certainly be starting Teto. Yeah, yeah, Teto. I mean, he's a Champions League semi-finalist, and recently as well. I mean, I don't think any other Championship team can say they have a Champions League semi-finalist starting in their in their team, especially one so recent. Um, yeah, I just think he's a he's a cut above Adoy. I mean, Adoy has been like a faithful servant now for several years. Obviously, scored that goal against Derby to take us to the playoff final, and he's. He's never he's never performed like shockingly badly, but I just think when you've got a player of Teto's caliber in your team, it'd be stupid not to use him. Yeah, it's nostalgic as well. And by the way, Gary Cahill's won the uh, won the Champions League. We had that rammed down our throat all of last week, so that probably trumps Kenny yeah, Teto's final appearance. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember anyway, that. so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, nor nor do I. Anything to do with Chelsea can just. <laughs> Getting the bin, can't it? All right. Uh, Bobby Reed has looked superb this season, but he's currently being kept out by Fabio Carvalho. Does Bobby deserve another chance to start, or do you think he's better as an impact sub, Morgs? I, I would keep him as an impact sub at the moment. I think uh, Carvalho. I think you know he's the qualities there. Um, he has the ability to sort of you know turn championship defenses certainly inside out. So I think we've got to start him. Uh, regardless of this whole contract situation. I mean, obviously, uh, he came off uh, against Bournemouth because he wasn't overly effective and he was playing, you know, against strong centre-backs. So perhaps it's a case of when we're playing sort of the weaker teams, he's going to exploit them a lot better. Um, If you're playing uh, teams that do have, you know, big defenders, big old-school championship defenders, as it were, then he will find it a bit more difficult because he is quite... um, diminutive I think is probably a kind word um, and I think there will be times when he just needs to be taken off because he's uh, not out of his depth not at all but not being as effective as he can be uh, in terms of Bobby yeah he certainly is it warrants a starting position but at the same time he's not better than the those three behind Mitrovic at the moment so I think for now impact sub but again, same with Kearney. If one of them doesn't perform or is injured, then there is absolutely no issue. And we should be very thankful that we can bring someone in of its quality into the team. Yeah, I was going to say that about the, the point. But if you look at the three behind Mitrovic, you're not going to drop Wilson or Cabano, I don't think, at the moment. And then so that is only really Carvalho that's sort of left in that sort of position. Um, but I think if looking at Carvalho, especially at the start of the season, he was the sort of only player I've seen for a while who could sort of turn turn literally a, a game on its head, sort of like in a, in a couple of moves, that sort of thing. He's He seems like a, a sort of different type of player, you know, like even different to Reed, to Kearney, uh, Wilson, Cavana, all of those. Um, so, yeah, I think there's only, unfortunately for Reed, there's only 11 spots on the team. And it's just the way it is at the moment that he's... Uh, He's he's missing out, but let's see let's see how it's come January. Maybe Carvalho will have moved to some to some big team to sit on the bench. Uh, you never know. So, no, it'll be it'll still be here, and I hope he is still here. But um, yeah, you never know. I, you know. It's unfortunate for Reed, but I think Carvalho is edging it at the moment. The other thing, of course, is injuries, but we we have to hope that we don't get too many of them. So the the only other comparison that I could really think of was maybe Josh Onoma or Harrison Reed. But is that even a 
a fair question given the fact yeah. that if you if when we if if and when we go up, Harrison Reed is probably going to be one of the first names on on the team sheet. You certainly would expect him to. So, are there, are there any others, or is that it? Mm-hmm. Rodak Gazaniga. Yeah, it's, it's supposedly going to keep us, but yeah. that's a bit of a no, no, no. Realistic I, I, ones. I, I, oh right, okay. Um, <laughs> Tosin or Hector? Mm, well, Hector did look I mean, good when he he did look good when he came in for those games, but um, I think uh, yeah, I think with the defense where you can, especially the centre backs and the goalkeeper, you should try and leave those three as sort of as yeah as fixed as possible. I'd say. Well, Mawson was playing for the under-23s tonight, and I think that pretty much shows that he's not really in first-team contention at the moment. Uh, It seems a bit unfortunate that he's played himself out of uh, a place, although I think Hector probably played himself into it with his performances. So I think um, when you only need one centre-back sub on the bench, Hector edges that one at the moment. But again, if Mawson comes in, he's a pretty good one to bring from the reserves, is he, as it were. Is he? Oh, I think he is. I think he, he's a good player, but he's just he's is just he? such, he's just made out of polystyrene. That's the problem. Yeah, and after fifteen million, we got to squeeze that value out of him. He's got to, so I did slow. forget we paid fifteen million for him. So he's so slow. He's so slow. He'd be the first player I'd get rid of. I think. In fact, now Kamara. Now Kamara's got. Now Kamara's gone. <laughs> Mawson's next on the hit list. <laughs> yeah. I think Mawson had a particularly shocking game at Luton away a couple of years ago on Boxing Day. Was that I the three all? Game myself, but yeah, I seem to remember him just making a few awful errors. Can you remember any good games he's had? Uh, he did take one free kick. Swansea. Yeah. <laughs> the free kick. What did you say about Swansea? Sorry, Morgs. He had a good one for Swansea. Yeah, he probably did before he joined us. Yeah. All right, let's come on to Luton then. They are the fifth highest scorers in the division behind us, Bournemouth, Blackburn and QPR. But they sit in 12th place, six points off the playoffs. Last time we played them at Kenilworth Road was that three-all draw on Boxing Day two years ago. And given their form in front of goal, perhaps we could expect a similar type of game, boys. Yeah, uh, I mean, the last five, they've uh, they've lost three, drawn one and obviously one against um, Blackpool just at the weekend. Um, it should be, I reckon it's going to be an end-to-end game. I mean, obviously they're, they're quite good going forward. We're probably, we are better going forward. So I guess at the end of that, it just, just come down to which defence is uh, more on top of their game. Uh, I predict us to win. And then you never, you never quite know. It's games like these, you know, Kenilworth Road, it's a ground, proper old school place. And like the crowd is like right on top of you. So uh, that could, that could come into it. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be end-to-end action-packed. Hopefully not another 3-3, because I don't think my heart could take it. But, so we'll see. Yeah, Kenilworth Road is a funny old ground, isn't it? I remember going there in the 90s, and there's that, that weird stand. It's like all corporate, all down the left-hand side. And I remember singing, are oh, you waiting for the bus to those few handful of fans that, that were that were sat in that stand? Very weird stand. But Morgs, Luton's recent form has been a bit erratic but they're going to this game off the back of a 3-0 win at Blackpool last weekend, which is far better than we did at, at Bloomfield Road. How do you see the game going, mate? I, I agree with Dylan. I mean, I think it'll be end to end. Um, I think we'll have a bit more quality than they will. Uh, well, we'll see in terms of personnel we do. But I think when, you know, we're coming into it off the back of three draws. And yes, we're 10 games unbeaten, but we need to get another win again. So I'm sure Silver, you know, like he does in every training session, should be drumming in the need for the three points this time round. 
and I think with everything in our you know in our favor as long as you know injuries I, I don't know spend weeks I think we're in a place where we should be there playing our game and I think it'll be too much for Luton I think there are you know obviously three no win at Blackpool but we're uh, and they are a decent side they've done very well since they've come up but really we should be I mean these are games that we need to be winning if we're going to go up in the top two you know we can't we can't drop more points in a situation like this they have done well. I, I just can't get past the fact that I can't stand Nathan Jones, their manager, though. There's just something about him that I, I cannot stand. He's just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Um, so he's I really a bit of an angry, angry bastard or something. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit Larry. Um, I was going to say short man syndrome, but present present company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just you know, just hate on the short people. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to clarify to the listeners, I am six foot, so. Are you? Are you? <laughs> but nearly, nearly, maybe. I think. On one leg, anyway. Maybe in your stilettos, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to clarify um, the listeners that I'm not six foot. <laughs> not quite. You're still growing, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going for my uh, growth spurt in my, uh, in my 38th year. <laughs> um, uh, Elijah Adebayo has scored nine times this season for Luton. He started out at Fulham, of course, but is now making a name for himself at Luton. It's always good to see somebody from the Fulham Academy doing well, isn't it? Yeah, Sign I again. mean... It's fine. Yeah. It, I Sign think so. Uh, we pay too much money for him when we're uh, trying to score goals. It'll be fine. Yeah, I've uh, yeah, it's weird because I can actually see us sort of re-signing him in the future as well. I was going to come on to that. I don't, I don't know why and I don't know when we do it. But for some reason, I could just see him playing in a Fulham shirt somewhere later down the line. Um, but yeah, no, it is nice to see... Academy players doing well. I mean, yeah, you know, recent examples: Harvey Elliott at Liverpool. Don't not particularly keen on the manner in which he left, but I mean, I don't want him to suffer and have an awful career. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see him doing well. I think. I think I, you're you're right. It's 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 a shame for these players when they don't make it at the club, but it's good to see them not dropping down the leagues. And ending up in the national league or you know non-league or whatever, and we've seen too many of our players do that. And you're coming into the championship, tough league, and score nine goals for a team like Luton. I mean, that's that's a strong return after whatever it is, twenty-one games or something. So I think it's uh, yeah, it's it's great, great for him. I mean, if he scores against us, I'm sure he'll celebrate because I never saw him play for Fulham, so I'm assuming he's not too. Uh, <laughs> tied to the club. No, no, of course. Let's hope he doesn't, though. All right. So, with all this talk of the Fulham team, who are you boys picking for this one? I come to you first, Dylan. Who's your starting eleven? Who's in your starting eleven? Who's in my starting eleven? Um, just looking at the team from the Bournemouth game. Uh, probably. So I go Rodak, uh, Tosin, and Tim Ream, and then I don't know if Robinson's. I don't know if Robinson's injured or if it's just it was just one of the sort of illness cases that we had. Um, I'll go. I'd go with Joe Bryan now, but I'd pick Robinson if he was available. I'd definitely bring Tete in for a doy. Then I think the sort of front front six sort of writes itself really. Uh, that is John John Michael Seri, Harrison Reed, Niskins Cabano, Carvalho, Harry Wilson, and then obviously Mitrovic up top. No real surprises, I don't think. Hmm. That should be plenty. What do you think, Morgs? Same for you. Um, yeah, exactly the same. I think uh, I, I imagine Robinson's probably recovered now. 
um, if it was just the shits that he had. But yeah, the rest of the team, that I think I think you need to see Tete back. And as you say, the front six, as it were, it is picking itself at the moment. Um, I kind of almost expected Cabana's form to drop off by now, but it really hasn't. Yeah, you know All he's right. he's put in strong performance after strong performance, and I don't. I, I did the Congo. Did our Congo qualify for Cup of Nations? Oh, that's a question. Put it being oh, put no. on the spot there. Dylan, Dylan will look it up. We'll have a look. Because um, it'll be a shame if he has to disappear for you know a few games as well. He, he um, did go to um, he did go to play for them. Um, the other week, but I don't think he played at all. He he travelled, but but didn't, I think you know he played a half. I think did he? And whether that was because they already qualified or hadn't qualified or something, I don't know. But surely he's got to be one of their stronger players. Don't know. I, 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 I couldn't mean, I tell you a huge a... amount of um, Congo, <laughs> Congolese, I guess, players. No, I couldn't so. tell you a single other player for for DR Congo. But was that yeah, yeah, there was no DR Congo or something like that in the um. They've not qualified. Not qualified. Ah, all right. There you go then. So oh, Seri's the only one then, is he? Yeah, I think Seri's the only one we'd miss. Oh, what about Tosin? No, no, I don't think. Is he, he, I don't know if he's ever played for Nigeria. Oh, okay. Just declared for them. Yeah, made himself available. We'll find out when we <laughs> when the when the first team sheet comes out, and there are none of the none of our good players. <laughs> So Bournemouth are at home to Blackburn this weekend, which, given their recent form, it probably isn't going to be the easiest game for the Cherries. I don't think Blackburn have lost since uh, since we did them 7-0 at Ewood Park. So do you see Bournemouth getting back to winning ways? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, we said Blackburn wasn't going to be an easy game and then we obviously beat them 7-0. I'm not saying it's going to be another 7-0, but I think I think they will win this one just because they are, they are a good team. Um, and uh, Blackburn at home, it's not... I think there's there's tougher games that they'll they'll play this season, um, but yeah, it really just depends on who Blackburn, which Blackburn side turns up. Really, you know, they got the one that beat Sheffield United. I think it was three one the weekend after we beat them seven nil. So it's like it's like Jekyll and Hyde, really. But I think Bournemouth should win that one on the basis of what I saw at the weekend. If they go one nil up, they'll uh, they'll put nine men on the line. I didn't realise that Blackburn were fourth. I know yeah. they were doing sort of all right, but I thought they were kind of, you know, eighth, ninth. Uh, obviously, the now Chilean Ben Brereton Diaz has been banging them in for them. But uh, I thought I don't know. I think they'll I think they'll get something against Bournemouth. There's, I think um, they were on a good run of form. I think Bournemouth are susceptible to obviously conceding. And so, is it is it at Bournemouth or is it Blackburn? Yeah, it's at Bournemouth. Okay, a bit bit different then, I guess. But um, yeah, they could get something. They might snatch a draw as well. The only reason I ask is because I keep looking at the table thinking, when are we going to pull away? (laughs) Um, And yeah, possibly isn't going to be this weekend. I I do see us, I mean, we'll come on to a score prediction in a second. And I do see us picking up all three points at Kenilworth Road. Um, But yeah, I, I, I feel like Bournemouth might draw this weekend. And it's... It's going to be like this for a while, isn't it? And as I said on the on the previous podcast, you talk about a congested Christmas period, but it isn't really. It's no more congested for for championship teams than any other week because it's a three game week. Mm. Whereas it, it kind of is more like that for Premier League uh, teams who who aren't used to the, the congestion and normally just play play one game a week. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I just, I really would like to see us pull away just, just to have a bit more of a gap. I mean, I know the dif- the difference between first and third is more important than the the difference between first and second, but I, I just feel like I want us to win the league this season. We're yeah, the best team if, in you, the league. if you're going to go up automatically, surely you want a trophy to go with it. But yeah, I think we've ridden our luck though, and sort of. I know we have the virus, but the fact that we've drawn the last three games and we're so lucky that they haven't won since they played Swansea, which was when we played Peterborough that same weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, we've sort of ridden our luck. I mean, obviously, they had that absolute stinker against Coventry. I think they conceded twice in injury time, nearly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, I hope, I hope it's soon. I hope it's soon because I, I can't do this much longer. Bournemouth won their, or didn't, no, they didn't win. They were undefeated in their first 14 games. And we yeah, their first a, loss was against Preston. Yeah, and now we're on a 10-game unbeaten streak. So I, I do kind of, at the moment, have one eye on the um, on the 23-game unbeaten run, wondering whether we <laughs> might surpass it. We can't mention that because we will lose this weekend. <laughs> well, if we do, then it's my fault. But no, I, I thought that the other day, you know. I was, the, yeah, cause, especially because the last three games have been quite, hmm, but we've gone up to 10 unbeaten, which is only 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 13 more games to avoid defeat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how hard can that be? Yeah, yeah. Well, you never know. You never know. We've, we've done it before and... As you say, we've had a couple of poorer performances. Then the Bournemouth one was a good one. We should have won that game. But have we come through the back end of uh, a poor run now? And if we have, then we should go on and pick up a few more wins. And I don't know. I, I could see us doing it. What better time? I mean, yeah. after, after 10 games, you know. Christmas miracle. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, but I think we I think we just need to get through. It's kind of it is one of the old cliche of it's just one game at a time. But I think we need to get through this Luton game. Um, we need to get we need to get another win on the board because three games without one, whilst they weren't losses, uh, you, they just need to get that sort of the winning uh, mentality back, I guess. Yeah. And you know, I feel like it's the perfect game. Um, I mean, it's not sort of you know Barnsley at home, but they're a team that are very beatable. And I think yeah, you know, it's just a matter of going out there playing our game. And fingers crossed, uh, our game is a lot better than theirs. And I think yeah. once we get that win, it'll get it'll build up that confidence going into the Christmas period, because it is you know hard and fast in around then, and you just need to get as many uh, points on the board as possible when you get into the new year. Yeah, I'd say it's obviously that twenty-three game uh, streak. It's uh, it's massively injury dependent as well. I think. Looking back on that first one, I don't think we had like an injury to to the side at that time. Um, and I think we went into that Birmingham the game, especially the playoff final. Ten ten of the eleven spots in the side were nailed down. It was only the right wing, sort of Cabano, Kamara, Piazon debate that was uh, uh, going around at that time. So yeah, I think it's just massively injury dependent. But if we keep up a current form, no reason why we can't do it. But still, still a long way to go. Sheffield United is a potential banana skin as well, isn't it? Because since Slav left, they've uh, they've picked up and and started looking looking a bit better under Paul Paul Heckingbottom. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously we'll we'll preview that game next week. But then it's the Christmas period. Sheffield United at home, Reading away, Swansea away. Swansea away won't be easy either. Um, so you know, but but like I said, I have got I have got one eye on that on that record. 
And, yeah, uh, you can look at every game that we're going to play this season. There'll be a reason why it isn't going to be easy. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's just we'll take it one game at a time, and we've got the we've got the capacity and the ability to beat any team in the league. So um, you never know. You never know. We got we got a couple of stinkers, um, stinker trips. Is it in January where, or is it in February? I can't remember. No, I think it's January where we've got Middlesbrough away one week and then Hull away the week after. Yeah, we got um, that's their win. beginning of February. I think we've got Stoke, Middlesbrough, and Hull as three consecutive away games. Oh, that is grim. Oh. I mean, of all the three towns to have to go to, <laughs> town, must... cities, shitties, whatever you want to call them. We must have a home game somewhere planted in between all of that. Lot. I'm just looking it up. Yeah, now. So, we've yeah. got um, Blackpool, Millwall oh, yeah. all around that time. Blackpool. In yeah, so Saturday, league. 22nd of January, Stoke away, then Blackpool at home the following weekend. Then Middlesbrough away, Millwall at home midweek, and then Hull away. Oh, that's a that's a little that's, run of uh, stinkers, a, yeah. isn't it? That's I mean, a, if, you to, if you were to sort of, uh, if you were to have a tour of Britain and you would put those three cities on it, um, I mean, it wouldn't it would show Britain in a very bad light. <laughs> cool, that's going to hit the old uh, the old purse strings hard as well for anyone going to all three of them. Some uh, some long little trips. All right, lads. Well, let's come on to a score prediction for Luton. We've uh, we've looked way too far into the future and have got carried away a bit there. But um, let's look at this Saturday. How do you see the game going? How what do you see the score as being, Dylan? Oh, I'm going to say I'm going to say two two nil Fulham. Uh, I think I think Mitrovic will score again, and um, maybe maybe Cabano this weekend. That's a off the cuff mm. shout. Uh, Mitra, uh, yeah, hasn't scored for the last couple of games he's played, has he? Didn't score. Yeah, I know. Uh, any one more of them would be getting dropped, I think. Yeah, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't scored since uh, Barnsley. This is the dry spell we were talking about. Get him out of the mm. team. He's rubbish. Yeah, get him out of the team. <laughs> Morgs, I'm going to go three-one. I think uh, I think Mitra will score again because otherwise Cavalera is going to come back in and take his place. <laughs> um, and oh yeah, I'm crap at predicting scorers, but I think uh, Wilson he'll get one. And let's give uh, Seri. I think he needs to. I think it's about time he scored one as well. All right, all right. Well, thanks to Morgs and to Dylan for joining me this evening, and thanks to you for listening at home. We'll be back on Monday as always with all the fallout from Saturday's game. So until then, have a great weekend. To those of you travelling to Kenilworth Road, have a safe trip, and speak to you soon. Cheers.